0: Hey friends, this is Mario J. Radford. I'm the pastor of Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. I pray that it connects, leads, and maybe introduces you to a growing and life changing relationship with Jesus. Now, let's go into the message. I want to talk to you. Someone say it to someone around you, ask them this question: Say, "Where is Jesus?" Just ask somebody else ask them where's Jesus? Father, help us to find you today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So I would like to be honest, as I believe you all want me to be. If y'all want me to be honest, say be honest. Those of you who didn't, you know, I'm sorry. We have um, I believe, this is just my assessment. There's so many different things that are happening in this time that we're in. There's so many different things that are happening. So much so that I cannot adequately address all the different things that are happening in the time that I have allotted. There are so many emotional things that are happening. So many catastrophic things that are happening all over the world. Not are we dealing with things at are unprecedented measure as far as the um, cases are rising seemingly higher than they were even last year. And all types of anxiety and people are dealing with deep depression in ways they cannot even explain or talk about or are afraid to acknowledge. Uh, churches, people are afraid to reconnect People are attending, but not connecting. Um, We are uh, operating in many ways, um, but many of us are on autopilot. Um, Some of you are going through so much and have experienced so much that you would like to publicly say, I can't handle another thing. If something else happens, I'm not really sure if it will rock me to my core. I want to get a show of hands if there's anybody who's actually at that point where you're experiencing so many different things that if somebody else texts you, someone else says anything, if someone else calls you, and some, some of the things that are happening are not just necessarily happening to you, they're happening around you. It's not necessarily things that might not, for those of you who are saying I'm okay, but your family might not be. You're okay, but your community might not be. You're okay, but your state might be going through something. You're okay, but there are children who are being exposed to things when they were safe at home and now they're going home and now they're having to come back in quarantine. If you're okay, you're fine, but you're an educator and you're trying to figure out how do you educate with this, with the possibility of going back online. And you're trying to figure out all these different things. And you might be okay in your home, but when you go outside, you want to go back to your home because all the different things that are happening. And you're okay because maybe you don't watch the news because you don't want to hear about it. you're okay because you don't read the newspaper because you don't want to hear about it but what happens when bad news shows up at your front door you can't escape some things and you can't escape a lot of things but what i'm concerned about brother lindsey is that i'm afraid that many of us have been trying to deal with what you're dealing with without jesus It is true, my brothers and my sisters, that you can operate by yourself without Jesus It's true that you can have church and not have Jesus. It's true. Sorry to tell you, it's true that you can be preaching and not have Jesus. Some of you say, how's that true? Because you, the spirit, the scripture says that the gifts and the callings come without repentance. God never changes his mind about you, even if you're far away from him. But I want to make sure that you don't go through this life and through this season that you're in or whatever you're experiencing or people you're experiencing with without Jesus. Someone say, I need Jesus. Here in this particular text, we find in the Luke beginning at verse uh, beginning at the chapter beginning of of Luke, we find that uh, Jesus and and please, I want to tell you this before I was even when I was preaching and maybe some of y'all who are preaching or maybe y'all who are teachers and maybe y'all who are presenters and sometimes those of you who are parents, um, sometimes you try to find a better word or find a better way to say things because you're like, I don't know if I want to do that one. And I had to check myself and ask who called me? me or him because sometimes we want to have that word that everybody's gonna be like oh that's it and everybody's shouting and dancing and sometimes she said they can shout but if they don't have me what difference does it make you can run you can huck a buck, and ta-ta-ta but if you don't have the power source what what difference does it make if all of us are shouting about someone you don't have what difference does it make I'm not, I've learned, maybe it's because I'm 41. I don't know. I have learned not to be preaching for people. I don't preach for likes. I want to make sure that heaven is populated and hell is empty. I want to make sure that when you leave here today, that you don't ever say he gave me what I wanted, but somebody goes to their car and say, I didn't want it, but I sure did need it. That's why we make the confession every single week. I have what I need to grow. Not always what I want to grow. But if you want if you're sick, you need something to help you. Somebody holler out. I need help. I need help. Not just you. I do too. I'm not preaching anything. I don't need myself here in this, in this particular scripture. It says that they were going about the business. And as they were going about the business, we find out in the beginning of Luke that the angels were crying out, Hosanna in the highest and glory to God and all that type of stuff because Jesus was born in a baby. Uh, Then Jesus grows up. And as Jesus was growing up, it says that in this particular text in verse 41, it says that it was time for them to go to Jerusalem. Why was it time for them to go to Jerusalem? because according to the laws and according to the customs of the time that uh, they would go to jerusalem to fill their religious obligations and their duties and their particular customs and they would go in and they would go in and they would worship the feast of weeks and the feast of tabernacles and and the feast all these different things these feast days that they would go in and they would come in just like you we come every sunday or those of you who are sabbath day keepers you come on saturdays or whatever it is we would come together and we would celebrate and they would come together and honor these different things so jesus What was interesting though is that Jesus was 12 years old and according to Jewish customs at the age of 12 it was time for them to start introducing their children or especially their sons to the priestly to the to the particular roles uh, fasting and rituals and and operating and stuff like that even at the age of 12 so they had brought Jesus to Jerusalem with them this time meaning that they had gone many other times but Jesus had not gone with them this time they come into Jerusalem and they bring jesus with them jesus had never been to jerusalem they called jerusalem the holy city jesus had never been there but they were going about their rituals and that they went about their rituals and they went through their different things that they did it says that as they left their ritual as they left what they were doing as they were going it says they went ahead it says jesus stayed behind What was interesting to me is that Jesus had never been there before, but it was something about going there that sparked him. Something about going there that said, hey, I believe this is my type of environment. I believe this is where they're talking about someone that I know. And I want to say that to many of you all who allow many of our children, those of you who are here, and we're going to allow our children to go back into their own separate time on the second and fourth Sunday of September. Shameless plug. Make sure that teenagers and children are going to do that but there are some of us who think that because our children are too young that they don't have to be interested in the things of God. So what we do is we make sure on Sundays when we come, we make sure that our Netflix is there and our Hulu is there and we make sure that YouTube and our iPads and everything is charged up because we think that they're too young to understand the things of God. Maybe not you, the person beside you. That's what we do and what we're what is happening is what we're doing if you're not noticing is we're raising up an inner culture that needs to be entertained and they don't know God but they're watching things that capture their attention and watching things that make them ooh and ah so when they see God and they need him and when they go to school and they're being bullied and they go to school and someone's talking about their identity when they go to school and they're being ostracized when they go to school and no one wants them they don't know how to pray but they know how to watch Netflix they know how to do YouTube and they know how to do Hulu and we blame the church but baby it ain't the church it's a mama it's a daddy if that's what you're doing you're charging up the iPad but you're not charging up Christ so the generation is getting smarter and smarter but spiritually weaker and weaker because you know more. You know how to do more on your iPhone than I know how to do. But every demon that chases you is not the boogeyman in the closet anymore. Now it's the boogeyman in your spirit. And you don't know how to cast him out. Because we didn't teach you how to pray. Jesus. Huh? Jesus had never been to the temple. But when he got there, he just joined in what i'm saying to you is some of your children have never been in the presence some of your children have never seen you worship but i'm trying to tell you everything that is created always responds to its creator anytime you take a nike shoe to a nike factory that shoe will align with its factory creator because it was lined up there it was created there and i'm trying to tell you your children are not on your nerves your children don't have to be a deadbeat child because the daddy was a dead be your child does not have to suffer from the same things that you suffered with and you're putting things on your children that they don't have to have you're putting struggles on your children that they don't not have to have I know y'all are looking at me and the tone of your voice like that but I'm trying to help somebody in this room your help does not come from um, Social Security your help does not come from you needing the court to make an order but to make sure they pay for child support whether that daddy ever pays child support teach your child that your father will never leave you your father will never forsake you your father loves you if your earthly father forsakes you God will lift you up it's never too young to teach your child it's never too young someone says never too young it's never too young I'm miles I'm sorry and he doesn't like it and I didn't get to post it and he's so happy they didn't get to do it but I haven't I try to make sure at our home we don't have church service service at home I'm not pastor Mario at the house I'm da O, whatever they call me that's what I am I want to make sure my life lives not my sermon so I don't know what miles is picking up I have no clue what he's picking up time will tell But the other day, so glad he didn't get it. I wasn't able to share it. The other day, he showed me something on TikTok. Him and his friend, they got in trouble in class. Not in trouble, but they were supposed to, not bad trouble, they had to do something. And because they didn't get to do it, Matt, it says that if y'all didn't follow instructions, then y'all have to start shouting. So on TikTok, he shows me this video where on the video, all of a sudden, the praise music starts coming, and Miles is in the front of the video like, and all of a sudden, they started dancing. And I was wondering what Miles was going to do. And the first thing Miles did was like, I was like, oh, he's been watching. Oh, he's been watching. Oh, he's been watching. Some of y'all, some of y'all's children cuss like you. Some of your children clock like you. Some of your children smoke like you. Some of your children watch porn like you. But how many of your children are shouting like you? How many of your children are seeking God like you? Oh, I'm preaching like a black man up in here today. Somebody say, preach! What are they picking up? Because they're watching you. They're watching. Whether you know it or not, they're watching. What you browse, they will later browse. When you sit around and talk about the church people that you laughed in front of their face in church, eventually they will pick up the same things you do. They'll see you shout in front of people's face but hate them when they're not around. And you'll look and the same thing we did gets repeated. And then we blame the child and say, I don't know why they act like that. You, th- you wonder? Do you wonder? Where does it come from? The apple doesn't fall too far. So Jesus had never been. But when he came, he said, there's something about this I like. So Jesus decided to stay behind. He decided to stay there because he felt like that's where he needed to be. His parents went on. His parents went on ahead. And as they were going ahead, it says they didn't even recognize that Jesus wasn't with them. Which made me question, when you lose Jesus, what do you check to find out when you lost him? I want to give you some practical things. When you lose Jesus, the first thing you need to do it's check your daily routine what does your daily routine say about jesus this was their yearly custom that they went in and out of the temple but it says that they went on they went on and didn't recognize that jesus was around they they didn't recognize it because this was routine For many of us, and I'm not, please know, when I say us, I want to make sure that you know I'm including myself in this. For many of us, our routine has become our religion. The routine thing is what I do, is how I am, is how I've always been, is a routine. And there's nothing wrong with your routine, but if you notice Jesus isn't in your routine, then you might need to check it. Someone say check it. Like just to ask when you get up do you go digital or do you go devotional when you wake up does the digital catch your attention before the devotional because we feel like we missed stuff so the first thing we do is digital so what happens is the digital dictates the devotional Instead of the devotional, dictating the digital. Make it practical. How many of you were fine until you saw a text? How many of you were okay until you saw an email? How many of you were okay until you got a Google Calendar invite to something you didn't know was there until you woke up and saw it? What happens is many of us, and I say us, all of us, all of us fail, all of us struggle in it. When many of us go digital before we go devotional, what is devotional? To make sure that I'm checking, to make sure God's in my routine and I'm just not keeping a routine. So they were going through the routine. And what's sad is it was his parents. Could you be so used to a thing that you don't even acknowledge the thing you have? They had been so accustomed to being with Jesus. Jesus was always there that they didn't even recognize when he wasn't. i want to tell y'all something. I have been a person, not now, Why I have been a functioning Christian and not a disciple. When I say function, I mean when someone asks, how you doing, blessed, highly favored. Love the Lord, fire, baptize, Jesus on my side. Had engagements, It's time to preach, functioning. When it's time to sing, time to sing, functioning. When it's time to serve, time to serve, functioning. And never having a discipleship life that match my function. You can serve God and not be with God. And I'm saying, people, I'm saying, brothers and sisters, those of you who are here, all of us, if you've lost Jesus somewhere, check your routine. Someone say, check your routine. So the next thing is, I don't want to, I don't want to blow, I don't want to mess you up and I don't want to bore you anytime. I don't want to bore you. I want to make sure you get out. But after they left and they they, they they said they were walking, his parents were walking. And it says they, they, they didn't notice that Jesus was there. But this is the part that got me, y'all. It says they assumed, they assumed that he was in the group check your daily routine check your personal assumptions their assumptions said Jesus isn't in my routine but Jesus must be with them what does that mean there are many of us who don't think Jesus is good enough for us But we do think Jesus is good enough for them. I'm going to take y'all's quietness for your listening, that you're taking this in and that God is dealing with you in the altars of your heart, because I know this message is so much better than what y'all are sounding like. I know Jesus, they felt that Jesus was better with the group than he was with them. There are many people, I've been there myself, there are many people who feel like until I get it together, I'm not coming back. Until I get my life together, until everything is right, until I'm doing everything right, I'm going to let the group have Jesus because I don't think he wants me. There are many people, maybe you're not one of them, but there are many people who condemn yourself from something that God has not condemned you from. So we walk around and say, Jesus is good with the group, but I don't think Jesus wants to be with me. So I like Jesus over there with them. Like, Jesus, they're like, those are the holy people, not me. Those are the praying people, not me. Those are the people who, those are the people who got it, not me. I ain't one of those. And we, we we put disclaimers all the time. When people say, I thought you would say, oh girl, I ain't all that. We all, we put disclaimers. on. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm just, no, I'm still, I'm still working. All these different things we do to put disclaimers. But I want to tell you something. You are all that. Someone look at yourself and say, I am all that. I don't want you to look at nobody else. Look at yourself and say, I am all that. How do I know that? Because God does not make trash. He does not make trash. According to Psalms 139, it says we are fearfully. And we are wonderfully made. There is nowhere in scripture that God looked at something and said, now that's bad. Everything God made, he looked at it and walked away from it and said, oh, that's good. I want you to look at yourself and say, I am a good thing. Say it again, I am a good thing. And you need to practice that thing when nobody else tells you that. When no one else secures you, when no one else, no one else supports you, and no one else is there for you. Look at yourself and say, I am a good thing, and I'm so good, I'm so good, for, I'm so good that no good jokers want this good thing. That's why I'm not with anybody, because I'm too good for them. And until they can handle my goodness, stay away. Don't you ever, don't you ever put down your goodness for somebody who don't even know they're good. Never. I am God's good thing. Someone say, I'm God's good thing. Now look at somebody and say, I I thought you knew. Just, I thought you knew. I am God's good thing. But they felt like that Jesus had gone ahead with the group. He had gone with the group and they assumed, listen. Listen. There are many of us, oh, I almost said something, I can't say it, Caesar. leave me alone. There are many of us who we are making personal assumptions. If you take some of the letters out of that word assumption, you'll know what some things are happening in your life. We are making personal assumptions that are keeping us from Jesus. We are assuming that Jesus belongs with the group or he's in the group and he's not with me. So when they lost Jesus, they lost him because of a daily routine that they hadn't checked and because of a personal assumption. And then lastly, it says that then they started to check around their family, check around their relatives and they thought Jesus was with them. You have to then check when you lose Jesus, check your familiar connections. Could you be looking for Jesus and somebody who doesn't have him? A lot of us, I'm going to hype it up in a minute, I guess. But a lot of us, I'm still, I'm still worshiping my grandmama. I want to I make sure my granddaddy is pleased. I want to make sure that this person is pleased and, and all that type of stuff. And I want to make sure uncle, I want to make sure my aunt and all that type of stuff. You want to make sure. That you're not serving your family's god but you're serving your own god this is not a family plan <laughs> this is not a family plan where you buy one and get one free <laughs> and there are a lot of people who think you can get in on somebody else's prayer and do I, I, I i'm trying to live <laughs> Cause my grandmama never saw me become nothing. <laughs> so <laughs> I want to make sure that from my grandmama's grave she can see how well I'm doing. Child, grandmama don't see nothing you're doing. I love my grandmama. Lord knows I do. I love her with all my heart. Grandmama is sleeping and resting in the presence of God. I am not living my life. Trying to make sure my grandmama's is pleased. I want to make sure that heaven is pleased. I want to make sure that Jesus is pleased because I can't get to heaven on grandmama's religion. I can't get to heaven on grandmama's gospel. I cannot. And I'm trying to tell y'all something. I'm sorry if it offends you. I don't want to offend you. That is not my job. But I want to tell you if the shoe fits, put it on. But I'm telling you that some of the things that are going on in Lexington, Kentucky, I don't serve in Louisville, I don't serve in Midway, I don't serve in Frankfurt. But what is going on in Lexington, Kentucky is that everybody wants to serve a God who is no longer there. And there are people who keep going to churches that are no longer living epistles they are museums and we keep going back and checking in putting on our robes having women's day father's day mother's day all these different things and we keep going back and trying to honor the God of your past I don't want the God of my past I want the God of my right now I thank God for what he did I thank God for how he brought me over but I can't give allegiance to something that no longer serves me it's familiar to call it Growth Point Baptist Church is familiar. To call it Growth Point AME, African American Episcopal Church, is familiar. Because it's what everybody knows. And I'm trying to tell Lexington that because you know it, that's what's keeping us back. What is keeping us from seeing miracles, what is keeping us from seeing healings, is that everybody wants to do church like we always did it. But I'm trying to tell you, Jesus is not there anymore. Not trying to holler. He's not there. He's no longer there. And there are many of us in this city who keep going to church Doing the same old thing that we've been doing for 20 years. Still singing the same songs that we sang 20 years ago. Still wearing the same hairstyle you wore 15 years ago. Ain't nobody walking around with no finger waves no more. It's 2021. It's Women's Day. Get your fingers in prayer. Get them out your head. still walking around men's choir didn't have to wake me soon this morning but you did Lord. I've been doing the same stuff and please understand those of you who are live streaming saying here he goes again yes I do why am I saying it doesn't work because if it worked why are people still get shot in Northside if it worked because Northside has all the black churches So why are we still saying that everything works but people keep dying and they're members of our church? Jesus is not in the denomination. You want to know where he's in? Jesus is in deliverance. Not in the denomination. Is there anything wrong with the denomination? No. It helped us. It taught us. Is there anything wrong uh, with, with me uh, reading a book to get my p- p- permit and my license? No, it helped me. But I don't still drive around with the permit and the license book. Because it got me to a certain point. And there are some of you right now, I'm telling you, I wish I could, I wish I could explain to y'all the spiritual warfare that I'm in preaching this message right now. I wish I could tell you the spirits that I'm dealing with in this room while I'm preaching this message right now. I wish you understand that the strongest, most stubborn spirit that you will ever try to cast out is a spirit called religion. You can, get cancer, you can get cancer healed. You can get low blood pressure healed. Eat right. You get adultery healed. But religion is stubborn. It's called legion. many of them they do not want to erupt themselves because there's a system that supports it that keeps me in power we have power but no power positions but no power preaching but no deliverance no change, no healing and we think that Jesus isn't familiar and he's saying I'm not even there hear me church whoo Hear me, church. Is it hard? Darius was asking me this one time. He said, "Daddy, he said, how hard was it for you to change? He asked me this like a few weeks ago. I said, change from what? He said, because you know how (laughs) your dad, you know, he's talking about dad. He said, you know how you were raised? You know, you know how, how did you change? I said, I remember I was a freshman at Kentucky State. And one day I was wrestling in my dorm room and I said, God, there's got to be more than this. I said, there's got to be more than people stretched out in the floor, smelling salt. Those of y'all know what I'm talking about, don't worry about it. It's gotta be more than us choirs rocking back and forth and half the choir is desperate. Half the choir is mad. Half the choir is it's depressed. That's got to be more than us preaching 15-minute sermons. And then at the end of the sermon, Brother Derek comes in at the key of E-flat. And, Ain't it all right? Uh-huh. Ain't it all right? Say See, yeah, See, yeah, See, yeah. It's got to be more than that. It's got to be more than a dog and pony show. It's got to be more. Someone say, it's got to be more. I cannot see another church where somebody wants to commit suicide and we don't have the power to help them I just can't I can't deal with it I can't deal with the powerless church because we want what's familiar I've had some good days I've had some hills to climb But God has been good to me. You just complain, but then say God's good. When I see Jesus. Amen. Though the storms keep on raging. All this stuff. And the storm keeps raging because you keep talking about it. Do you understand how upset some of y'all are right now? Because we defend what doesn't even work. Whew. I'm having a hard time, Mel. I need somebody to speak in real tongues. Not the ones you got on the YouTube. <laughs> because there are many of us who we defend what does not even work. But you defend it because you're scared to leave it. I'm afraid to leave it. Why? Because it's always served me. And look at your family and all of them crazy. Not yours. And we keep defending something that does not work. I want to give you permission right now. I want everybody to say it out loud. Say, make a move. move. Say it again. Make Make a move. You need to make a move. That's why I serve the God of the cloud. Talking about iPhones but sure is a good plug. Because in the Old Testament, the Bible says that when the cloud moved, they moved. He said you need to follow the cloud. The cloud is never staying in one place. Everywhere it moves, you move. Every time God moves, you move. Yes, he is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, but he does not move the same way. Look at us. Look at yourself right now. Everybody check your clothes. How many of y'all got three-piece suits on? Huh? Mama Emma used to wear a mean hat. She ain't got no hat on today. Mama Emma wore five and a half inch stilettos. That's why they call her Silver Fox. <laughs> that she raised her hand like, she could tell him, Pastor. Kruger Ministry. Anyhow, but I'm saying, now just lay it. I love it. I just love it. I just lay it. However, the fact. That God has changed. Like, Listen, if your clothes have changed, why don't you think God can? Any of y'all riding around uh, in a Silverado? Any of y'all riding around in the Deuce and the Quarter? Anybody riding around in the LTD? Anybody riding around in a window that you still got to roll up? Anybody riding around uh, with with with, uh, uh, with plush seats and and all these different things? When you got a smiley face on the back of your seat, nobody's doing it anymore. So if you're still walking around, if you're still, if you came in here, so nobody has on shoes in here, sister special case, Nobody's had shoes in here that got fish in the bottom of their shoes. Mama Joanne, don't think too hard. You want to go back to your afro? But if times have changed. If our clothing has changed, if our televisions have changed, then why do we still want? There's a leak in this old building. The leak needs to be fixed. Whew, I'm having a hard time, y'all. Matt, come up here and preach this sermon better than I can. Why is this message in our hearts today? Because he wants us to have him. The church was never established for it to become our religion. The church was established, become a means of community where we come together to fellowship. Where we come together and we say, that's my brother. That's my sister. You pray for me. I pray for you. And watch God change things. Come on, Kirk Carr. That's what we do. And that's what we do to come together. It was never meant to be a be all end all. I gotta I got to go to church. I gotta come here. COVID shut that down. If you weren't here in the building, that didn't mean you weren't saved. How many of y'all were still saved in COVID? Look at us. Still saved. That we might have had. We might have drank some tea a little bit more. Tea. But we are still here. It was never designed to be the be all end all. Jesus said... He said, if you're going to look for me, if you're missing me, look for me in your daily routine. Check, check your personal assumptions and check your familiar connections. Got to get out of here. Because after that, it says this soon as they, they finally says they went back to Jerusalem where Jesus was. And when they went back to Jerusalem where Jesus was, they found Jesus and the temple, not having church, not in worship. They found Jesus in the temple among the teachers. He was among the priests. He was among the people who were there. He was asking questions. There was a certain place in the temple, there was a certain place that people went that only the priest could go to. And they went there and they were sitting there, With Jesus was sitting with them, and when they found Jesus, if you want to find Jesus, you're going to have to find him to make sure that you find him through daily devotion. Daily devotion. What is devotion? It's meaning honoring him first. Someone say honor him first. Say it again. Honor him first. Jesus was sitting there having a conversation. He wasn't just reading scripture. It says according to the culture of that time that when they read, it says that the rabbis would teach or the rabbis would talk and the students would ask questions. When I read scripture, I ask questions of the scripture that's what Jesus was doing he was the word but he was asking questions they were talking they were communicating and they were going back and forth and they said that the teachers were amazed at Jesus' knowledge his understanding they didn't know who Jesus was but Jesus knew who he was Jesus had daily devotion so if you're going to find him if you're going to get him back in your life make sure you have a daily devotion what does that mean for some of you this week I'm asking someone say just say this week say this week This week, I want you to do make sure if you don't do anything else, but go back over this word. If you do nothing else, go back over these scriptures. See if I made up anything. Don't ever take my word for it. Don't ever just say my pastor said, oh, no, no, no. Go back and check to see if the scripture is right. Because if I said something in the air, I got to give an account for that. Not you. But go back and read it and have devotion and sit with it. Someone say sit with it. Y'all missed that part. Read and sit. Read and sit. Let's say it together. Read and sit. Say it together. Read and sit. What does sit mean? It means saturate in it. David said, Thy word have I saturated in my heart. You can't fight with what you don't know. Read it and sit with it. If this week all you get is one scripture, sit with that one scripture use that one scripture and then next week say i'm adding something else by the end of the year you'll have 52 new scriptures that you didn't have last year just use one find one someone say find one it's a daily devotion you do know god moves beyond sundays you do know god wants to speak to you beyond me do you know what my job is someone say what my job is to confirm everything he's already said to you this week my job is to make sense of the pieces that god has been saying to you all week long so that when you come here you say that's what he was saying that's what he meant That's what God was dealing with me about. I didn't have the language for it, but now it makes sense. He's been wanting me to have a daily devotion with him. He's been wanting to talk to me. It's not for me to get here and be your hype man. Some of us like, I love when Pastor Mario gets hype. It ain't about me getting hype. I get hype because I like the food. If you eat good, you get happy too. I just like the food, I like the diet plan. I like how he feeds me. (laughs) I like how he's a bread. I like that he's never left me thirsty. I just like him like that. So when I start eating his food and I start talking about his food, I get happy. And if y'all would eat his food, you get happy too. Some of the sin weight might get off of you. Because more word, less sin more word less sin how do i know this because his word have i hidden in my heart that i might not sin against him someone say more word. more word i need more word i need more bread i need more of him i need to have i need to have a daily devotion yesterday's word won't do for today i got a demon i gotta to face tomorrow and i need something tomorrow that's why i gotta wake up early before milo needs to be fed Y'all know who Milo is, my dog. I got to wake up before he gets fed. Because I say, before you get your Purina one, I need my Jesus one. He has nutrients that I need. I need to feast with him. I need to get with him. So make sure you check your daily devotion. Someone say daily devotion. I hope this is good to y'all. I'm almost through. Nathan, they can't take much more. So just start running around the church and start shouting. Next thing is, after they found him sitting and eating, as they saw him, not eating, as he was sitting there talking with well, Jesus, I got hungry. As he was talking with Jesus, talking with the, the priests and talking with them and asking questions, it says, and when his parents saw him, almost finished, when his parents saw him, it said they were astonished. And they said to him, Son, why, why you treat us like this? It says, Me and your father, we've been looking for you. We've been, we been searching everywhere for you to show. We've been like, where's Jesus at? Me and your father have been worried sick. Jesus said, my father, he said, Joseph, Joseph, he said, I must be about my father's business. Why did he say that? Because if you want to find Jesus, you got to have a personal relationship. Someone say personal relationship. Now, this is interesting, Brother Barry. It's interesting because Jesus was raised by Joseph, but Joseph was not the source of his identity. He said, I didn't come here to be identified by your last name. I had a name before you called me anything. He said, I've never been to this building before. But when I got here, I said, oh, this is my father's house. (laughs) this is my father's house this is where i belong so you were looking for me did you not know that i had to be about my father's business did you not know that when you connected me to his spot that i was going to feel at home scripture says that the that the statement confounded them because it made no sense to them let me tell you something There are some of you who God is speaking in different ways that your family will not understand. There are some of you who are getting personal downloads from God that your family will not understand. Someone just say it out loud. They won't understand it. Say it out loud. They won't understand it. And I want you to be okay with them not understanding what God is speaking to you. Because when Jesus said, I must be about my father's business, he wasn't dismissing them. He wasn't being dismissive. He was saying my will is to do the will of my father, not y'all. Thank you for how you raised me. Thank you for what you taught me, but I'm good now. Thank you for what you showed me. Thank you for it. But, but I'm, I'm where I'm supposed to be. This, this is why I came. This is where I'm at. There are some of you who you won't be great because your family won't let you be great. They remember what you were. They remember how you used to be. This message is going away. I did not intend for it to go, children. Listen, there are some of you who are so loyal to family that your family has become its own league. Your family has become its own unit. It's almost like a gang. That you can't get out unless they kill you. And I'm not talking about in death and physical. Until they try to kill your mind and make you think you confused. Until they try to make you think like you made the wrong decision. Until they try to make you think like you'll never be more than what you were. You are always going to be like this. You are never going to change. You're always going to be like this. But I want to tell you to cut the tie. Respect mama. Respect daddy, but know that God brought you into this world. God gave you purpose. If they did not save you, why are you loyal to it? This is a hard word because some people are saying, there ain't no Bible for it. You want Bible? I got it. Jesus was teaching one time. Jesus was teaching mother Higgins. And at some point they said, Jesus, he said, huh? Your mother and your brothers are outside. They want your attention. Jesus said, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? This is my family. Who does the will of God? What does that mean? If your family lines up, great. But if they don't, it's not your job to save them. That's Jesus' job. What is my job to pray for you, to cover you, to make sure that God, that my children, I have uh, uh, Tori, I think my children's name, Tori, Darius and Miles. I am not their God. My job is to make sure they're raised in the ways of God. And at some point, if they err and if they stray, my job is to make sure that I still cover them as I covered them in the house. But to trust that I poured enough into them that at some point they'll be like the prodigal son and say that when they came back to themselves, they go back to where they were taught. Who is this helping right now? Just I want to know because I I need to know. I got to know because this is not this. This is not this is not where I wanted to go. But it sure is where the mailman wanted to go. He said, my father's house is a personal relationship. But this is the part I want to end. Musicians, I know y'all were waiting for me to crank it up, but I didn't. Sorry. The last part. But this is what's important, Lucian. That after they got finished, after Jesus told them this, Jesus still went with them. Don't miss this. Because after that, it says that Jesus, this says they left there. They didn't understand it. But Jesus went down to Nazareth with them. He became subject to them. Mary didn't understand what was going on with him, but it says she treasured these things in her heart. And it says, and there Jesus increased in wisdom, in knowledge, or in, in wisdom and stature and in favor with God. Don't miss this. If you're going to find Jesus, have a daily devotion, have a personal relationship. But this part right here and I'm through You need a circle of accountability The circle of accountability doesn't have to be kin to you What does accountability mean? It means if I'm going to grow I need to be around people who support the growth I'm trying to make If I'm going to change i got to be around people who want what's best for me not what's kin to me if I'm gonna be the best self I be and some of you I hear this in the Holy Ghost some of you what God is showing you you have never even seen before the version of you God keeps showing you is something you have never seen nobody in your family is doing it like you're doing it or God is no one in your family is trying like you're trying And you feel like you have to keep apologizing to them because God's changing you. I feel this so deep in my soul for somebody that you keep apologizing to people who never will see you the way God sees you. If you want people to see you as righteous, they'll never see you. If you want people to see you as whole, they'll never see you. They will always see you as the broken person you've always been to them. They will always see you as the wounded person you've always been to them. They will always see you as the bitter, angry person that you've always been to them. But I want to give you a message that God is going to give you a circle of people who support your growth. Come on, y'all. God's going to give you a circle of people that are going to support your change. God is going to send people in your life that's going to support your next season and chapter in your life. God is going to give you brothers that will hold you up. God is going to give you sisters that will prop you up. God is going to give you a family. If your family forsakes you, God will give you a family that will support you and hold you up. He will not leave you by yourself. When Jesus went to Nazareth, uh, when Jesus went to Nazareth, which was a no-name place, it was not a popular place. Jerusalem was the place everybody wanted to go to, but Nazareth was not a popular place. But in that unpopular place, Jesus had accountability. Jesus increased met. Increase in in wisdom and stature and favor. Hold on. Not just with God, but with man. How do we know this to be true, Kiana? Is that we don't hear anything else about Jesus until he's 30. And when Jesus shows up at 30, John says, behold, the lamb of God. Who takes away the sins of the world. He said, he that comes is stronger than I am there's somebody coming we hadn't heard about Jesus but just because you didn't hear about him doesn't mean he wasn't growing just because people are not listening to you right now just because people are sleeping on you right now doesn't mean God's not changing you Just because you're not in the popular crowd right now, just because people are not inviting you over right now, just because you can't get a date right now, doesn't mean that God's not preparing you for something great. Just because some of the seats are empty, doesn't mean that God's not preparing the seat for people who are gonna fill them. Don't overlook your Nazareth, Some of your Nazareth is your job right now. Some of your Nazareth is some of your friends or cousins or or, or your environment or your business. You got a vision that's greater than what you see right now, in your resources. Don't overlook this season of growth. Don't overlook this season. Will you just point at a few people and say this season is necessary? If this message has hit you in a special way, just those that has hit specially, and you're in that season that you're looking for Jesus and you're like, I, I, I got to have him in this season. Will you stand to your feet? Everybody who's that's touched you directly. Thank you, brother. It's touched you. Thank you, sister. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank you, church. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm looking for Jesus in a new way. I got to have him in a new way. He's moving in ways I've never seen before. And I'm so glad. Why? Because I've got to lean not to my own understanding. I feel like it healing coming through this room. I want everybody to lift your hands. Those of you who stood up, say after me. Say, Lord, I don't understand it, but it's necessary. Say, I don't know what you're trying to show me, but I trust you to show me. Someone just holler out, say, I trust you. Say it again. I trust you. Some of you need to hear yourself say that because you feel, you feel like you've been all over the place. I just, I just, I just, what? But you need to, He will not cast you into the sea that He doesn't have an anchor to grip you. I need you to say it again. Say, I trust you. if Jesus wasn't in the crowd if Jesus wasn't in the group if Jesus wasn't in he wasn't in the familiar then where is he? I got to answer he walks with me he talks with me and he tells me that I'm his own and this joy that we share as I tarry there, no other has ever known. I want to take this time to thank you for your prayers, support and generous giving that make this ministry possible. For more ways to connect, visit online at growthpointchurch.org. If you've enjoyed today's message, you can like, subscribe, share with your friends or take a screenshot and share on your social stories and tag us at My Growth Point. Until next time, keep growing.